Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on a very hostile week. It's been emotional, very emotional. And we're here with Ange to go through what has been an horrendous game. Hello, Angela. Uh, hello, Ian. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm sure you're all expecting um, a delightful listen today. Uh, I'm going to vent my spleen like everybody else. I have to say that having watched men and women's football at all levels, from dog and duck to professional, I have never in my life witnessed a worse match or a worse first-half performance at any level. It was bereft of any quality. Summed up by some of the uh, free kicks, taking a throw-in, throwing it straight at a play, having an attack, giving it back to the goalkeeper. It was horrendous. I think it was worse than horrendous. I think that has probably got to be, and we've had a lot of these over the last five, well, basically ever since John took over. We've um, had a lot of bad days, but that first half, you know, I don't know how the fans were coping. I mean, I've listened to and watched a few things on YouTube, and you couldn't really hear it on the on the telly what I was what I was seeing. But the fans have turned, Ange. It's bad. I, I think, Ian. Firstly, um, I would normally criticise people for uh, not going to the game if they could. I don't know what your lame excuse is, but on on this occasion, I would say how lucky you were and how lucky anybody was to miss that game. It was absolutely awful. In terms of the the atmosphere, uh, the booze at half-time, when, quite frankly, the game was awful, as I've said, were bad. But you get a penalty, and let's remember, we got given what was quite a soft penalty, and I thought, thank God we'll score this penalty and then, uh, you know, we're going to win this. Because at that time, it didn't look like they were going to score. What happens? Well, other than saying, just lie there and I'll kick the ball at you, I thought it was a dreadful penalty. Apparently, he takes those his, the penalties for his country. I'd love to know what his success rate is. I haven't looked it up. We were so slow to the rebound, it was unbelievably bad. And then you just know, you just know, everybody in that stadium that was a Stoke supporter knew that they would get one chance. And what a shame for a young lad who's had his 19th birthday the day before, who was thrown in at the deep end. It's the only thing he had to do. He had nothing else to do. So bad was the game that they didn't have shots on target. It was horrendous. And quite frankly, how any of those players that played yesterday could feel anything sick after that performance well uh, it beggars the belief for me he's the only one that came out with any semblance of credit and I'll tell you what I thought was awful he was sent upstairs as the man of the match a 19 year old lad on his debut sent up to make the best of a really bad situation that's horrendous in any, any way shape or form to have to put that lad going up to all those people who were fed up and, and, and speak at 19 when you just lost your first match is horrendous and says it all about the club. Anyway, that's my rant for the moment. Well, that's just the first rant. Well, before we go into my rant, we'll go into the match stats because I just want to get it over and done with as quick as possible. Our possession was 49 to their 51. They had 13 shots to our six. I can't remember them. 
Shots on target, four for us. Can't remember them either. Two for them. Corners, we had four. They had five. And to be honest, before we go any further with that, the corners were probably some of the worst I've ever seen. I thought I was watching... I thought I was watching Biddle Town play against, I don't know, the Swan. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, and fouls. This time, we didn't win, Ange. First time of the season, we lost 11-7. to seven. Now, can you remember 12 shots, Ange? I can't remember 12 shots. I can't, but to be perfectly honest, at one point... I thought I really ought to start looking back at this football game again because uh, I started texting and answering WhatsApps. Other apps are available. But honestly, I was so fed up and I couldn't believe how bad it was. And then I looked around and everybody was talking to each other and laughing until, of course, they scored. And there again, that goal. We had three centre-backs and he walked past every one of them. Yeah, which we'll discuss in player ratings, obviously. But before we go in, I'm going to have my opinion on the result. I thought it was turgid. I thought it was gutless. I thought the manager's substitution completely, completely killed us yet again. Um, there was avoidance of any quality. He went out for that game to get a draw. I don't care what anybody says. He went out with none of his attacking threats, apart from Bay, who's a young lad. He put a young kid in. Goal, which is probably for me, probably was the best time for putting them in again because Sheffield Wednesday are not worse than us because they proved they're not worse than us because they got the win. But for me, that these performances over the last few games and mounted up on over a year of football, that is not good enough. That man, Alex Neal, is a mockery and he's a disgrace. I think it's. I think he's a fraud to call himself a footballing manager, Ange. That team he put out was to go out and get a point at home to Sheffield Wednesday. There was a part at the end of the commentary, about the 50th or 60th minute, where the presenter said, what's, what's the goalkeeper doing? What are they doing? Why are they passing it slowly side to side? And the goalkeeper taking an age to go and take a goal kick when we're not winning at home. I would say about the selection um, and I hopefully will get to speak to him tomorrow or somebody tomorrow if there is a press conference one of the things I would say is where was Junior? He wasn't even on the bench What the guy has come on he's been brilliant really well and looked a player and he's not even on the bench right? Haksovanovic, okay, he's had a groin injury it seems to be the longest healing groin injury in the world, where's Jocic or Jocic or whatever his name is we not seen some of these players. I, I, I do honestly have no idea with some of the substitutions. I honestly don't know if he understands what his best formation is. But when everybody was saying, uh, when we signed all these players, we're back to 18 again now with Kieran Clark. Everybody was saying they were brilliant. I told you at the time, I hadn't heard of half these players. And you know what? I wouldn't care if I never heard of half of them again because... It might be that they would be good enough in time. We haven't got time. And they had the hearts the size of peas yesterday. They looked timid. They looked frightened. And of those players, John Ho is not a winger. No, he Why on earth are we playing him as a winger? Berger flatters to deceive at times, but I still think there's a player in there. My, he's not a clinical striker. No, he isn't, no. Well, he you is. Know, he can well, be. You might as well just chuck him on now, although his air shot was unbelievable. 
And so it goes. I mean, honestly, and you've got a bloke, Barry Bannon, who's knocking on a bit now, walking through our midfield, knocking Josh Laron over, who is built pretty solidly, just walking through as though he isn't there. The passion is gone. The football club has very little identity at the moment. And I think the nicest thing I can say is it's extremely concerning. Well, it's concerning, Hans, because it's been going on now for five, six years. And every time we have the squad rebuild, it looks great on paper. But I think there is a squad there. I think with all these squads we've built over the time, there's been a squad there. That team shouldn't be where it is. Bay, for me, it's how they're being played is the problem. We have we brought a manager in, but want a head coach system. I don't get what the club's trying to do. There's no identity. There's no system in how they're doing anything. The club continually keeps ripping up and starting again without looking at itself. No, no lessons have been learned from the time we dropped down from from Paul Lambert days. And I'm sorry, this falls down to John Coates. I don't care what anybody look, well, looks I, at. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I wouldn't disagree you, with you there. But let's. we know the manager always carries the can, right? But of those 18 players, I asked you last week, how many would you keep? I'm struggling to say three or four, right? That isn't just the manager. That's the manager, the technical director, and the recruitment team. And my belief is, if the manager goes... Everybody else associated with that manager should go sit too. Yeah, I agree. The problem yeah. you've got, Ian, the problem you've got is they all on contracts, they all need paying off, right? You know and I know that some of those people will survive, right? And the club needs to start thinking now about getting somebody, or the owners need to think, in my opinion, about getting somebody alongside them that knows football inside out, that might be what you'd call a director of football or a or whatever, but they aren't. They've proved time and time again they might have the best intentions in the world for this football club. They don't want to lose. They don't want to lose the money. We know that. They might have the best intentions in the world, but they haven't got the nous for football management. They're brilliant at uh, Bet365 or anything else, but in terms of football, they do not have the requisite experience to get this club back where we want to be. Yeah, they don't. They don't. And the problem is that they're being stubborn and refuse to bring people in who do. You know, this has happened a lot. I mean, you look at Man United, you look at other big clubs that have dropped and stuff like that. And they, they, there's teams like Swansea in the same boat as us, basically. But Swansea don't spend any money. Their owners aren't interested in Leicester in the Premier League, which is how the modern game is. But I agree. This time... It, it's got to be a it's got to be a drastic change. If Neil goes, I want Martin Ricky Martin gone, and I want the American bloke gone as well because he's the one who's brought these players in. But I think there is well, good it's players not here. Happen. Ian, it's not going to happen. I'll have a little bet with you now that Ricky Martin is here for the next manager and probably the one after that. Right? I'm I'm pretty sure that that will happen. I'm well, not saying it should, but until they they how many. Root and branch reviews of this football club have. We must have more roots and more branches than the new forest. <laughs> we, 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 do, we do love repeating the same thing as well. Let's be honest, it's repeating. It's rubbish. 
It's it is rubbish. It is. It's it's so backwards how this club's run, and it does come down to one man. I mean, w- would you would you take this for a bit? This is what I told my dad earlier on. Would you take it where John Coates takes over for a year or takes over for a bit till he can bring somebody in? What do you mean takes over? Not John. Sorry, Peter. I mean, meant Peter. No, Peter's Peter's not going to come back. Peter's in his late eighties. He probably doesn't want to come back, and it won't happen. Absolutely won't happen. Definitely, 100% now. You seem certain now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. Well, you've scuppered that dream, Ange. You've scuppered it. <laughs> you're scuppering my dreams here. You're ruining my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, so now the fans have made it 100% clear, Ange. And we're going to discuss this after because we're going to have to get... We're going to have to get player ratings out of the way, Ange. And I know, I know you're excited about this, but we're going to have... I am, honestly. We're, can't wait. We're going to have to do it. So, we're going with debut boy in my man of the match. I thought he didn't do anything like, but I thought he was he did all right till the one opportunity he had, and that's Mr Simkin. Well, happy birthday, and welcome to this absolute shit show. Well, I'm going to give him a seven. I thought uh, he looked competent although he had very little to do. Um, he can kick the ball over the halfway line and his distribution of the football isn't bad. Um, so he is my man of the match. I, it's awful because he didn't have much to do, but he's my man of the match. Caught a couple of crosses, didn't he? He, hadn't, he, he really couldn't do much of the goal. He tried to make himself bigger. He's getting a seven. Hey, I'm going to go with an eight for Simkin. I thought he was brilliant, to be fair, yesterday. I know he didn't have a lot of shots to save and stuff like that, but when he was called into action, he looked assured. He looked confident for a lad of his age who's not played a lot of games. I know he's played in the National League South, was it, or North, wherever he played, and he's come back with incredible reviews. But I thought he looked confident. He looked better than Bonham. He had a bit of a mouth on him as well. He was shouting and telling the team where to go, which I liked, to be fair. And I thought he held his own well. He, he didn't really make any mistakes. He had, there was nothing he could do about the goal. I mean, that comes down to experienced garbage-free transfers that can't seem to defend properly. But well done, well done, Simkin. Nothing, nothing against him. He gets no blame for that result in any shape or form. And it's great to see him get a debut. Right, now we move into the rest of the players. And this is going to be harsh, Andrew. I'm warning you now. This is going to be harsh. Right, Dylan Gooch. Right, well, all I can say about Gooch is he ran a bit. He was lively. And you think it's going to be hard for you. He just, there was nothing exciting me about him. He, he ran around a bit. Four. To be fair, I'll give him four because I, I did like his energy. I think he brought a lot more than Hoover does, to be fair, who's been dropped. I thought he got in a couple of good areas. I thought he, he tried to do something that a midfielder, a winger should be doing, breaking in and, and did get try to get a shot on target. I know it was deflected and it was comfortable. But that was really the only thing I remember from the game attacking-wise. So I have to give him a bit of credit. And that's where he gets it. Right, now we're moving to the opposite side. Old man Stevens. It's a book. I'm thinking of getting made. I just don't think positionally he's, he's great at the moment. He, he seems caught out so many times. Um, three. I'll give him a two, to be honest. I think he made a couple of good crosses early on, and then that was it. I think he got overran by that young lad on the right-hand side. And, and for how bad Sheffield Wednesday have been, and I agree they are toss and they are probably going to go down, but they've got some good young lads there. 
I was impressed with the lad who scored a goal. I thought the right person on the right side, who was, what, 21, 22, or 14, was a decent player. But Stevens was outrun. His position was all over the place. I don't know what he was doing at times. And poor. And that, that's this is what we're going to go through with the team. Now, McNally. I think McNally struggled, partly because he was with Clark, and we'll come on to Clark in a, in a few minutes. I thought he looked... He looked nervy to me. Um, I didn't think it was his best game. In fact, it was probably his worst game and he's getting a four as well. Uh, I'll go over two for McNally. I thought he was at fault for the last goal. I don't know what he was doing. You know, he, he let him run round him. So do he. I, I, you know, that, that's grade one defending. And the problem is I see yeah. with McNally is yet again, soft as poo. No, see, I'll say it is shit. I know I promised I wouldn't swear, Ange, but it's a, it's a very annoying day. Soft as shit. And this this is a defender that wants to play in the Premier League. I'm sorry, if you're going to play like that and let players run round you with ease like that. I know it was late on and he's a bit stressed or whatever, but he looked nervous. He, he looked nervous to come for balls. He's shot at the moment and probably needs a rest. But who would you put in? Do you bring Ben Wil- Rush Wilmot back in? I don't know. But... Poor, poor, poor. Right, let's go on to the other centre-back. Can we give him back to the free market, Ange? And that is Kieran Clark. Listen, I his passing isn't very good. I don't think he's fit. I don't think he's anywhere near fit. And because of that, um, I don't think his communication is very good because he's probably struggling to try and keep himself in position. Um, he's incredibly slow too. Uh, I'll go over zero for Clark. I thought he was woeful. Missed two headers in clinical parts. Every time he passed the ball, it went to a Sheffield Wednesday player. For me, was I mean just dreadful defending for the goal. What is he doing there? I don't know. And I'm sorry. Get rid. <laughs> Honestly, get rid. If this, these are the players we're bringing in, I'd, I'd rather see kids. I mean, Ange, let's put it this way: Who would you rather have at this point? Time Clark or Taylor? Taylor, see, that's what I mean. When we bring who would you rather have, Taylor or Clark? Eh, not Clark, sorry, um, it's the other one, Rose. Taylor, every time, yeah, this is what I mean. We're bringing in players that are worse than the ones we're letting go, yeah. But anyway, right, let's move into Ben Pearson. I thought he was, uh, again, quiet. I don't think he's played well, um, for the last few games but he's there's always a bit of bravery about him he did one very silly challenge which he was very lucky to get away from um how he didn't get booked at, at, i suppose that's the only bonus and i'm giving him a four two i'll give pearson a two i mean he he seemed to go backwards with the ball every time he got it he got in some really good areas as well where he could make some clinical passes and he kept going backwards so frustrating when I was watching. I was like, what are you doing? And there was a, a time when, when Berger got fouled outside the box. Yeah. Pearson was a part of that, where no one would put what? a ball yeah. in. What are they doing? You know, do they want win? And this is where it comes down to. Right, now, Wooty Berger. Oh, God. Right, I'm going to give him a four. Um, he does some really good things, and then... He outdoes himself by doing some really bad things. I thought some of his passing was sloppy. Um, I thought he was poor, and I'm going to give him a three. Uh, I'll go with this one for Berger. I thought that's the worst I've seen him play. 
personally. I thought he was he was silly he was silly first off booking. I thought that was I don't know what he was doing there, just jumping in like that. He tired for me. To be honest, he wasn't tired. I thought he gave up after the fiftieth minute. His passes were poor. He got in some really good areas as well and didn't make any clinical passes, kept passing it to Pearson and then he kept passing it back to McNally or Clark and then Clark would give the ball away. He's got to improve. Sorry, Ian, you know, that typifies quite a few of the players that have come in in this this new Stoke. He came in and he looked like he was going to dominate the game and he had good... You thought, oh, we've got a good player here, he's going to be good. But he's anonymous now for loads of the match. He's just not around. No, the, the problem is with Berger, which is what I've said before, is he is a good player. I think he's just, I think he's just given up on the manager. I think a lot of them have, Ange. I think the thing is with him, with him and Pearson, they're just not being played right. And they're too deep. They're too deep. They can't get any movements going. And when they get in it, they get they're nervous because they know this is probably the only opportunity we can create a chance. And they don't want fluffy ducks. They know the fans will be on them. But they deserve the fans on them for how they're playing. But this comes down to the manager. He should be giving them focus. He should be making them go, right, Berger, you're our attacking threat today. You get the ball forward and you make the opportunities. But it seemed like everything was defensive. Yeah. Which is the frustration. You could see that in Berger's face. He looked frustrated. And I don't blame him. For me, for me, we, I mean, I'd rather see Berger in that defensive role than Kieran Clark. Because at least you'd get clinical pack, passing from the back. The problem is, we'll go into it after, but we'll move into the next man. And this man, what a captain this lad is, Josh Laurent. Thought he had a really poor game. I think he's another one that looked good when he came, but has gone back in betting, and I'm giving him a two. Another zero, I think, for Laurent. I think it's time for him to go as well. Well, it's. I'm not going to say that with with these because I think we need another manager to rejudge what these players are. But you know, he was willing to have a shot. Just a shame they were shit. When when he was, it was it was too rare. He wasn't getting involved in the game enough for me. And whenever he tried, he he either give away a bloody foul or kept passing it and getting Sheffield Wednesday in. Just he set up the second goal. He set up this the goal as well for me with the stupid yeah. back pass. And I just I'm not impressed with the man at all. I just don't understand what he's doing. Right, he was in a good position as well. Remember the penalty how he came over. How did he not yeah. get first to that ball? I, d- I don't, I don't understand the players. This is the thing that frustrates me. He was in a brilliant position, just go in and nod that on the back of the net, and it looked like he slowed down. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or unbel- or they just not. Over- For me, looking at what I saw from him and a lot of the players yesterday, it just screamed to me. That they don't tr- they they've given up for the manager and they just do not seem willing to play. That's what it looked like to me. But anyway, we'll move into Larice, and I'll say this about Larice: please swap him and bring Jacob Brown back. Uh, well, there's no end product from him, is there at all? Absolutely zero end product. When he first started, he, he used to win every header. He didn't win many headers yesterday. I I I just thought. Oh. What have we got here? And I agree with you. Is there's there's no quality on the ball from him, and I don't see how having him up in the forward line 
produces any type of threat, attacking-wise at all. Yeah, he'll run, and he'll keep running, and he'll come back, and he'll try and defend. But for me, he's just... He's not even to be mentioned in the same breath as Jacob Brown, and he gets a two. I'll go over two with him. I, I thought he did well to get Bay through. I thought that was a good pass. I thought it was sensible. But other than that, he broke nothing. I think he's cross. I mean, I remember in the first half, he put a cross in. And I don't know why, but the presenter went good cross and it went near enough to the corner flag. I thought, is this the standard Is this the standard we're set as being a good cross now? <laughs> it's, still, uh, it's that poor. Oh, but at least, he, at least he went in the right direction, which is, which is a start now. Poor again. Now we move into my next man of the match, which says a lot, and that's Bay John Hill. He was quite brave on the ball, but um, like everybody, there's no end product with whatever they do. He's not a winger. You can see he's not a winger, and when he cuts inside, he's far more effective. But there was one thing towards the end where we had a free kick, and Gucci is standing near him. All he's going to do is pass the ball to Gucci, but no, he pushes it forward and he aimlessly r- runs out for a goal kick, and Gucci is still standing where he was. Um, best of a bad bunch apart from the keeper five. Um, I, I'll give him a five as well. I thought I like the lad. I do. I think he's our only decent signing in the attacking area. To be honest, I think he's he's a very brave young lad. Never stops. Never moans. You don't see him throwing his arms and or giving up. He was the only player for me who didn't give up after sixtieth minute. To be honest, I thought yeah. he was. I thought he was really good. He's not a winger. I agree. He should be playing in the middle. That's where he should be playing behind the striker, trying to feed in off off that. Because I think he will be effective. I think once he gets gets a good goal or a bit of a run, I think he'll be a very important player for Stoke. But I just don't think he'll be under Alex Neal. I, I genuinely don't. I mean, I'm, honestly, I'll talk about Alex Neal. I'm amazed he's still in the job. We won't talk about it now. We'll go into it after. But yeah, I, I like Bay, and he was his assistant assistant man of the match this week. Now we go into what some said and what. Who was his name? The American or Canadian, whatever it is, who brought these players in. He was talking about May as the Moroccan Michael Owen. Do we see Tange? Well, he had one chance, didn't he? And that was the that was the penalty. Um, and I thought it was a very telegraph penalty. Uh, to me, there's not much in him at all. I, I just he's not for me. Uh, for missing the penalty. Uh, whilst it's not unforgivable, it happens occasionally. Um, I'm going to give him a two. Uh, I'll go over one for May. I thought he was hopeless. He was completely non-existent till the penalty, to be honest. He did put a nice little poke pass through to Gooch. Can't remember when that was, but let's be honest, who cares? Nothing came of it. But the penalty was poor. And to be fair to him, though, after that, he did try and get more involved in the game. He was trying to push the ball forward a bit more. But he's, he's, you can't play him on his own, Ange. I mean, the, the, no, prob- the problem is with some of these players, I like it when we bring in these up-and-comers that are doing well in foreign leagues. I, I get what, I get why we do it. But the problem is with this... I, I, do, I know I do. I think we have to start looking down those avenues to bring in good foreign players but you've got to have the manager for it Ange there's, there's no point yeah. in bringing in these these kind of players when you've got a manager that has one way of playing and it doesn't suit their system I think there's a player in Ryan May Ange I do I really do but I think he's just been wasted with this way we're playing but before we go into more of Alex Neal we'll go into the substitute so 
I thought, I thought, to be honest, I thought near enough he said Jim Bowen. To be honest, I'd rather him in. <laughs> right, so who it for Stevens? Now, this made no sense whatsoever, Ange. Tell, explain uh, to uh, me this sub. Well, I can't, but I can actually say he offered nothing better than whoever went off. And I don't understand why he came on. I think he's been very poor the last few games. Um, I don't I don't know whether it's his confidence, whether he knows he's going back. If he is going back, he might not be. That's just me, I guess, wishful thinking at the moment because he was quite good at the start of the season. A two. Our goal was a zero. He came on, got overrun every time somebody ran down his left side. But I can't blame him. He's on the wrong side. This goes down to the manager. I don't understand why. Stevens, to his credit... He was getting overrun, but he brought us a natural width to the to the back line, which was what, for me, was keeping it at nil-nil. Because at least he knew how to block and defend from that position. So then to bring Hoover on, he just invited pressure from Wednesday. And it kept coming down that left side. Joe, they had five crosses from the right side when he came on. Yeah. So how's that an improving proving sub? Well, it isn't. Uh, and and the subs do worry me a little bit, to be honest. But uh, they have done for a few matches. I don't. Uh, sometimes they're late. Sometimes they're way too late. Sometimes they don't make any sense. It's certainly uh, apart from the one when Wesley managed to get that ball off the bar and it went in off the defender. Um, they've not been supersonic, have they? No. Well, speaking of blocks of wood, we're going next to the log, which was Wesley coming on for Laurent. On the 78th minute. Now, I'd have brought him on earlier. Um, why? Why, Ange? Why? All, all, all that happens when he comes on... We can see goals. We just lump the ball forward. There's no rhyme or reason to it. We just lump the ball up and hope he gets on the end of it. I mean, sometimes he jumps and I think, wow, he's smaller when he jumps than when he jumps, you know, than when he stands up. But he gave away loads of free kicks... How can you be offside from your own goal kick? We had that at one point, a two. He's, he's having a he's having a zero, Ange. I do not understand the point in Wesley. I, when you said you, you wanted him to come on earlier, why? He is absolutely... Well, look, I'm not saying he's great and I don't think he's a brilliant footballer, but we had to try and change something up front. Although having seen him, I wish we hadn't. Well, exactly. I mean, how many times? How many times we've brought Wesley on, thinking we'll score a goal? I'll tell you how many times it's worked. Once against Leeds. Yeah, it has, and that's the only time it has worked. We conceded ten goals when he's come on a, on the pitch. Yeah. Ten yeah. goals. We go worse because we start. I mean, if this is Alex Neal's plan B, get your coat, son. But I bring him on. And hoofing the ball up and it coming back four times quicker. I'd rather see Vinegal go up there, Gale up there. I'd rather anyone up there. I'd rather, I'll, honestly, we'll put you up there, Ange. We'll get you up there playing instead of Wesley because I'll probably guarantee you you're a better footballer than Wesley because he's no footballer. Well, I think he's a better footballer than Wesley. 
I think he, I think he did, is he one of those people that was good at basketball and they thought let's chuck him in at football might be all right because he's got no ability on the ball he's got no positional sense he's hopeless hopeless at getting himself in the right position for these long balls that we push up I mean we we've seen two great players in our time aren't we that were brilliant at being in the right place for when long balls came up Sidibe was one Peter Crouch was another brilliant at getting their head in the right place because they knew where the long ball was coming it's like Ryan Shawcross yeah. didn't even have to look because Peter had... well can, can I just interrupt you because while we're doing this podcast somebody of note has messaged me and said that uh, Alex Neal has gone don't know if it's true but the person that has messaged me and said that he's gone has never told me anything that hasn't transpired in the past. So you might get your wish. If you do get that wish, then I'm assuming it'll be uh, Gallagher who will be taking the team midweek, if that is the case. I'll be really, really... It'll be Alex Morris, won't it, and Paul Gallagher, if, if he's gone. Well, I'm lucky now, Ange, and I can't see anything yet. But if that's good, well, that's that's incredible news, Ange. I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon, are you? Um, I'm not. I'm not over the moon because it means we failed yet again, um, and that is a worry to me that we failed yet again. How are we going to turn this round? Um, I did think he would get Tuesday night, uh, so I'm not going to comment on what I've just told you. It's speculation until it's confirmed, but um, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the person that told me is very well connected at the football club and I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have contacted me if they weren't 100% certain of it. I'm sure if they know, it'll come out in the press very soon. But I just thought I'd mention that because it might be that we're going to be wasting time on the podcast talking about his team on Tuesday night when it won't be his team. Well, I'm praying that's true because I'm already happy. We haven't finished the subs, have we? Yeah, so that's what I mean. So we'll, we'll fly through these quick. Another one I don't get. We bought Rose for Larissa on, which destroyed our balance. I don't think he looked like he knew what he was doing. No, I've he didn't. I've never seen a bloke come on that, that looked like, oh, what's this? What's this round thing I'm chasing after? I, honest to God, it was it was dire, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely dire. Absolutely awful. Uh, two. Um, I'll go for zero, Andrew. I thought he was pointless again. I, I don't see the point of keeping him I mean we'll quickly talk about this after as well but yeah I'm giving him a zero and I thought he was hopeless right now we move to the final sub and this one was way too late Ange which was Vidigal for me yeah well I don't know why Vidigal hasn't been starting um, because uh, um, I think Vidigal is probably even though he's off at the moment off form, I think he's the fans want him on the pitch, but he had that chance when he did that aerobatic kick. And I thought, wow, what, what's going on here? What is going on here? I didn't think he's any good at all, too. I'll go in. At least he got in some attacking positions, though, Ange. I'll, I'll be honest. For me, Vidigal, I think I think he's just wasted. I, I think he's fallen out with him. For, like I say to you, I, th- I think that the problem is with this is that we. I think these players just wasted, and we'll we'll go into that now. So we'll quickly, quickly just jump over the other things. I didn't think the referee was terrible, did you? Um, I, listen, the referee was the least 
did have problems yesterday. Yeah, but I, didn't think I, was good. Um, I, I think the biggest problem for us was uh, probably the bad substitutions, the bad playing and the bad uh, game management. Yeah, which which it all comes down to. The overall performance I'm going to give... I'm going to give it a zero, Ange. It's one of the worst I've ever seen. There was nothing. I, I, I can't even give a positive, Ange. Other than Simkin and Bay, I can't give a positive from that game. So it's got to be a zero. Yeah. What are you giving Alex Neal? <laughs> the ex manager. Right. He's getting a minus two. But good, good luck to him, wherever he goes. I mean, I'm hoping it's Sunderland. This was all him. He went out purposely to get a draw. Because this is a man who doesn't know how to fix his issues. He didn't want to go back to back five after after the Blackburn defeat, which is what he normally does. And I think his subs weakened us to that point that it give opportunity for Sheffield Wednesday to get back in. I thought his overall squad pick from the beginning was poor because he didn't put any of our attacking players in it. He, yes, he brought May in, but I think... Personally, with his system, is the only one that he feels might get a goal. I don't understand why Campbell was out of the team when he scored his goal last time. Well, yeah, if he's got a knock, then I'd tell him either get in the squad or you're going in January. That's what I would have done. I would have said you've got to get yourself through or wait through. Simple as that. But for me, if subs killed the game, and the lack of understanding at the back when he put three there, when he put Rose into the mix, cost us the game. And it's gone on and on and on for over a year, a year now. I'll be honest with you, Ange, I'm not sad about him going if, he, if the reports are true. Because I never wanted him in the first place. I've never rated him anyway. It's sad in the way that it's not going to work again. But it's only going to be good if we. It's all on the next manager, isn't it? I mean, what are your ratings of his performance? Um, I'll give him one. Be very positive there, Anne. <laughs> I'll give him one because um, I don't think the bloke has had the best of luck with injuries, but I do think the bloke has lost his way completely at Stoke. And he had the decency not to um, not to stand and argue with fans and just stroll up off down the tunnel last night. When they interviewed him post-match, I thought he sounded like a broken man. Um, I don't like anybody losing his job, but in football, you lose your job if you're not successful. And he's had a, a chance to rebuild the team. He's got all the players in he wanted, or we think he has, uh, along with somebody else. And I hope if he has gone, he isn't the only one that goes. Yes, I, I'm in. I'm in full agreement with you. I think if he is going, I want the rest to follow this time. But I want the lessons to be learned this time, Andrew. I want people be. I mean, it doesn't have to be this season. For me, we could either bring a manager in for short term, which I, I don't really want because we're going to go through some names here. Because you always have a go at me, don't you, Ange? Going, well, who? Who do you want? So this time, I'm giving you a list because I'm not having it. <laughs> so, yeah, so now we're going to people that I think are around that could do a good job. We'll go with three English and a few foreign that I've picked out. And I want you to basically have your opinion. Don't just go, it'll never happen. Just give me an honest opinion of what you think of the manager and what he could improve. So here are the three picks from Britain. So we've got Michael Beale, we've got 
Heckenbottom, who's just been let go from Sheffield United, brings a lot of experience, got Sheffield United up last year, but basically done good jobs wherever he's been, apart from him being in the Premier League, but let's be honest, the rug was pulled from under him. John Eustace is in that, and Graham Potty. Now, my number one pick would be Graham Potty if we're getting British, but, and, and I think we should go up to him and go, here's what you, what do you want, you can have whatever you want, we'll give you, give it you. So what do you think of the British ones? They're the four that I think will be linked the most. I wouldn't touch Hacking Bottom. I don't think John Eustace is the man for Stoke City. I think he will come in having been a player for Stoke and the crowd will get on his back, as they tend to do with people. Uh, I don't think he's got the experience that the club wants. Graham Potter would have loved to have come to Stoke a few managers ago and got, didn't even get an interview. If that were me, I wouldn't be bothering again. But I just don't think uh, we're in the right league for Graham Potter. I wish him all the best. And was there one more you mentioned? Uh, Heckenbottom. Or oh, Neil Warnock. Till Neil the end Warnock, of... don't please even go there. Please don't even go there. I, I think I'd probably say get Nathan Jones back before Neil uh, Warnock. Come on, Ange, there's no they're need for that. They're both fast cases. Honestly, I do not believe Stoke will go down. I think there'll be a problem for a few weeks. Uh, don't believe they'll go down. Having said that, I... Um, how can I put it? I think I'd rather stay uh, where we are. Right, so you don't like the four down, but, you, but what you're saying is the same as me, you'd take Potter if you could out of that pick. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would take Potter in a in an heartbeat. Right, so now I'm going to go with a few foreign managers. Now, you, I know before you jump down my throat and go, it won't happen. I know, but it's just in, in a fairy tale world as if we're football manager. There's a manager that's just been let go from PSV. He's been given a really good opportunity there and, and has taken it, to be honest, done a great job at PSV Eindhoven. Ruud van Nistelrooy. There's no experience, but he's been proven to be good with young players, which is basically our best players at the moment. Let's be honest, our youngsters are our key at the moment. It's, it's the experienced players that we're rubbish at. But he's done go, He's done a good job there at Eindhoven. And I know he hasn't got a lot of experience, but he's, he's done two years and he's got a team in Europe. And PSV Eindhoven have been pretty poor in the shadow of Ten Hag's Ajax. So I'd give him a go. To be honest, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind this story. There's a few managers I wouldn't take, but I think I think he would be good for us. Do you? I, I would. Yeah, I think he. I, I just think he's one of them that wants to make a name for himself, like Company did. Because let's be honest, he had a wobbly time at Anderlecht, but then look what he did at Burnley last season. He, he could be the man. I don't know, but he, it's just another name. Then we look at Vitor Prieri, who right. who was a Portuguese tactician had. A couple of spells at Portugal. He's a very experienced manager. He was touted for Everton. And he was touted for the West Ham job when Paul Moyes went back in. Brings a lot of experience. A few trophy wins as well. But he's been out in the wilderness for a year or two. Could he be the answer? Experience. Knows how to get winning teams together. Might be able to get some attack out of the Portuguese lad, Vidigal. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly enthused. They must have somebody... Listen, it's speculative while we're talking at the moment. I'm convinced now from the message I have that he will be gone tonight. I'm also convinced if that's the case, they've got somebody pretty surely lined up because that's what they did when Michael O'Neill went. Well, I mean, there's all there's a few other managers here. I mean, what about Will? Will, I can't remember his second name, at Rennes, the English manager that's 
went on a nine match unbeaten run with Rens to come out of the relegation uh, zone. Will don't know anything don't know enough about them to even comment. I mean I I very careful about getting people that aren't experienced because whatever people are thinking, um, we're in a dodgy situation. Oh, I agree we are. I mean Lopetegi, do you reckon we could No, I don't think there's any chance of uh, getting these people. Uh, I, 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 why would you come to Stoke? It's a poison chalice. It, it is, Ange, but it, it's also a chalice. The thing is, I could understand if we were a Plymouth or we were a Coventry or something like that where there's literally no money and it's you've got to do what you've got with your budget. Whereas Stoke, there's that bit of money. And some of these managers, like Van Nistelrooy, would love the opportunity of Stoke because he's an ex-Premier League club who've got money. He knows how to do it. He could probably bring... Let's be honest, who are the best in the world at bringing through young players? It's down to two, two countries, isn't it? Portugal and Holland. They constantly churn out young players. So, if we brought in a Van Nistelrooy, he might have, say, bring my director of football in from PSV Eindhoven or whatever. And it could open us up a bit. I think, personally, and we need to go the foreign route. I think we need to look for... I mean, what of an answer is having Van Nistelrooy a legendary Premier League striker like that, to come in and manage the club. We'd give him opportunity. The problem is, Andrew, when we bring in managers like Alex Neal and Michael O'Neill, let's be honest, did they ever excite you, those those people, when they came in? So we brought in Rowett and we brought in Jones and we brought in Michael O'Neill and we brought in Alex Neal. Did they make you go, wow, what managers are these? It's a very good... OK, what would you do? So you've got a carte blanche to bring in a manager tomorrow, Ian. Who would you bring in? It depends for me what you're trying to do with the club. Now, we know what Stoke are, but if it was my choice, I would bring Potter in. I'd throw the money at him and say, come here and build a dynasty at this club you've played for. You're a bit of a fan favourite when you played here. Recover your career. Because wherever he's going to go in the Premier League, if he does go in the Premier League, it's going to be a team on the verge of going down. You know, he didn't get linked to the Sheffield United job. That's because he wouldn't have taken that. But I think there's a, I think there's an opportunity to part of it. Because the thing is, we're different from other championship clubs, Ange. We've got rich owners. And those owners will make a manager go, actually, Stoke is a good option if we can get him up. Because if you, everybody knows if you get Stoke up, we've got money where we can throw at it and stay in the league and compete in a way. So it's either him and my second choice would be Van Nistelrooy. It's even better because he's available for nothing. He's a young manager who's proved himself. For me, he's proved himself at PSV Eindhoven and finished second twice. Fell out with him because of they basically gave him less money than the year before, even though he finished second and won the Dutch Cup. So for me, he's the man. They're the two men I'd go for because they're exciting. They're names. Because what we don't want to do is bring another dull house manager in that nobody's really impressed with. The reason why I wasn't happy with Neil in the first place is... He's just, he's average. Same as Michael O'Neill, it's average. Jones, now there's a bit of excitement with Jones, to be fair, because we we thought we were getting the best young manager in football, but the man's nuts, (laughs) which we found out pretty quick. I mean, who would your first choice be, Andrew? Who would you pick if you could? Well, if I could, I would pick Graham Potter or Pep Guardiola. Realistic, (laughs) Andrew. You've got to live in the real world, and as I sit here now, we need an experienced person, but more importantly, we need somebody as a director of football 
who will guide the philosophy of this football club so that whatever manager comes in after a manager has left, they are able to work with the players we've got because at this moment in time, Stoke City have no identity at all. No, I agree with you. That's that's why that's why I think if we brought Potter in, he'd give them ideas, wouldn't he, Ange? That's the thing. Because he knows full well how a successful club has run. He managed Brighton. And then but obviously he knows from the other side now, which is why Potter would be the perfect choice. Because he's been at a nuts club as well as well in Chelsea. So he's got the experience of knowing how a nuts club's run and how a good club's run. So he could probably say to John, well, if you bring people in who can do this and this and this, it might make it... But because he's been at the top level, he knows where... He, I mean, he was, he was he was managing the Champions League. So Potter would be my first choice. I, do, I The problem is I'm worried, Anne, that we're going to be bringing in, I don't know, somebody from Scotland like, I don't know, Derek McInnes or someone like that. <laughs> I'm going to go, oh... <laughs> Yeah, I want an exciting manager. I want somebody come in, and I'm going to go. Bloody, I was a good. I, I, I'm, I'm impressed with him. I mean, I'll give you some names right. there. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say to you now. I don't think at this moment in time we should we should be talking about anything else than who the next manager of Stoke City is going to be. I don't think we should talk about anything else other than that and the game on Tuesday. Because if you ask me now for a name that I think would come straight away. Uh, I think we should look at Ralph Hassan, people. I don't mind Ralph. I wouldn't mind him, actually. I forgot about him. I think he'd be good for us. I think he was badly treated by Southampton. I'd take him. I'd prefer Potter and Van Nistelrooy, but, I'd, yeah, more realistically, I think he would be good. But do you reckon he would go that avenue, a foreign manager? Uh, no, that's, my, that's the downside for me. That's the downside. I just think it, that's... If I was looking for him, he's the person I would look at, you know... That, that's what I would look at. So we've got, how long have we got? Seven minutes left. How do you think we'll do on Tuesday? Well, we'll talk about the next manager, if it's true, is Paul Gallagher. So we're going into Swansea. I think it's a free hit. I don't know if a manager going out, we could see a winner here, Ange. Yeah. He, he could um, release release him a bit. Because obviously the players aren't obviously happy. It's falling out with him. It's all falling apart. So we could see a win here. Yeah, can I also just say that now the person that told me I am convinced is correct because John Percy has just said Stoke are set to confirm the sacking of Alex Neal. There can't be any complaints. 16 home defeats in the last 30 league matches. Technical director Ricky Martin has to come with a serious scrutiny too. I think that, that is probably true. It's basically gone, anti. So that's great news for all of us, I think, can't you? It's been, Percy is never wrong anyway. So it is confirmed. So... A little bit of excitement at hand, because we, I mean... No, 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 don't, don't let's go over the top. It's not confirmed. Uh, it probably is going to be confirmed. So, on to Swansea. Fans will be there. The fans will get behind the team. I'm going for a 2-1 win for Stoke. What are you going for? I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go 2-0. I think the fans will be happy as well. It's great news, Andy, if it's true. I mean, it appears it's pretty out of there. It's true. Gallagher, a bit of a Stoke fan as well, once his top goal scorer one year. Uh, I'll go 2-0. Yeah. Very difficult to... OK. Well, I think that's about it then, haven't we? Isn't it? Because oh. we really, anything else we would say, just be a waste of time, really, because we don't know who is going to be in charge of the football club. So anything else we say today is pure conjecture. Before we go anywhere, we've got to talk about the women and how they've got on. 
Well, the women lost 5-0 to Newcastle in the Cup today. They were embarrassing. They were outclassed. They were outplayed. The difference between a full, full team, a fully professional team and a semi-professional team was shown from the first, you know, let's say, from the first few minutes. And uh, it was very sad to see uh, the girls have gone all that way. It was awful. I watched it. It was awful. And so it's been a sad week for the, for the club and for the women as well. Well, on that horrendous note, we will call time on the podcast. It's been me and Ange week. Now, if you aren't following the podcast, make sure you are. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on all podcast platforms. And if you could give us a five-star review, it means a lot, especially at this time of year. It is Christmas. If you want to give me a gift, that's the gift you can throw in. And we'll see you next week. And before we do go, Jay, uh, Samaliki Jay from Japan has started to listen to the podcast here and he says that uh, you're far too pessimistic for his his uh, his mind. But now maybe you'll change because uh, obviously things are going to change for the better. So thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you for listening from Japan. Enjoy your run. Ta-ra. All the best.